Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Throughout the month of April, we have been featuring extraordinary military kids. And today we're going to be listening to a conversation between Susan and a college student named Stefan, who's going to talk a little bit about moving from overseas into college and offer some advice to college kids or military kids getting ready to go to college. So listen in to Susan and Stefan in their interview for Month of the Military Child. Welcome everyone to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Susan Sellers. I'm a spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, parent to parent master educator, and now a podcast host at the Military Child Education Coalition. Today we're going to talk about some challenges our military connected kids may face when they attend college. Joining me today is Stefan, a college sophomore. He's the son of a retired service member who served in the military for 30 years. Stefan graduated from a Dodea High School overseas and is, is currently attending the University of Scranton in Pennsylvania, where he's in a seven-year program leading to the degree of a doctorate of physical therapy. Stefan currently volunteers at the Scranton Mentors Actively Reaching Teens program, where they talk to high schoolers twice a week who may be exposed to the elements that can inhibit their future success. He also volunteers weekly at the St. Joseph Center and is a teaching assistant for an anatomy and physiology course. Stefan loves to play soccer in his free time. Stefan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I have to tell you, your life sounds a lot like our other military-connected kids. Will you share with us how you decided to select a school in the U.S. versus overseas? It, it of course, wasn't an easy decision. I mean, uh, living overseas for many years uh, sort of made me feel like overseas was kind of my home. And I guess at some point, I decided that I wanted to reach out and take on another challenge. And so I decided to, you know, head back to the States and see if I could, you know, try to improve myself, grow as an individual, or, you know, just experience a whole different lifestyle. And so at one point I kind of injured myself and I ended up at a physical therapy clinic and I really enjoyed kind of the message they were uh, sort of projecting and sort of everything they were trying to get across to uh, me as a patient and also to just in general what their message was to sort of heal and be there for people and really respond to a rehab. And through searching through college programs and college apps and whatnot, I found the University of Scranton, and I uh, luckily was accepted into their DPT program, their Doctor of Physical Therapy program, and I got a good scholarship, and uh, it sort of all fell into place, and then I ended up in the States. Well, it must have been a hard choice leaving your family overseas, and I know as, as military-connected, like other kids, you probably moved a lot, but I'm guessing this was the first time that you ever moved on your own. Is that true? Yes, ma'am, it was. And 
uh, I've moved plenty of times through the military. I mean, my father, as you mentioned before, was uh, has been a service member for many years, and you know, just moving abroad to wherever his location was. But every time I moved, I always had my parents or some form of family that was nearby. But this was really the first time where I ended up moving on my own, and I was very confident moving on my own, only to really. <laughs> find out that it wasn't so easy and that, you know, getting all the movers to come bring my stuff in, being really an odd one out, having these packers come in and help unload and pack all these things for me. And it was strange because uh, in Scranton, I am very far away from home, whether that be here uh, overseas or whether that be um, family in the States as they are far away. Absolutely. It was certainly sounds like a, a complex process. So once you got settled there in Scranton and you started exploring the campus and setting up your classes, you know, still with your family overseas, what were sort of some of the maybe the social challenges or academic challenges, things that you were not expecting to experience, you know, being a military kid, you know, you've moved a lot. So we kind of feel like we, you know, we've got this, that it, it should be easy, but, you know, were there any things that you actually struggled with that you were surprised about? Uh, <laughs> I, as I said before, I really thought I was well prepared for college, and I think it kind of hit me like a brick when I first arrived. Um, already, you know, you may, you know many uh, military students go to a DoDEA school, but I didn't realize how different, you know, public school and, and American high school was compared to the DoDEA high school. And although you're with Americans and you, you know, learn English and you have the same curriculum and same education, when you arrive there there's just sort of this social awkwardness that you uh, sort of have when you meet uh, people from the States because it is different. I mean my background compared to other people's background is just a little bit different having lived overseas for so long. Um, I found it hard to connect with people and not by any means because maybe I'm like socially awkward or anything, but just sort of what we could talk about. You know, I didn't grow up with a Target and a Walmart. I grew up with a Rava and a Globus. You know, I didn't grow up, uh, you know, watching football, but instead I watched soccer. And uh, the things that I did as a child, you know, most of them have never even experienced or ever heard of, and the same thing vice versa. Um, what really helped me, I guess, in the end was that instead of um, sort of uh, falling down to these sort of fears of uh, being awkward and not knowing things and having to ask questions about what is, uh, you know, uh, a Hardee's or an Arby's and whatnot. Instead, I just sort of asked and said, listen, I just come from a different background and, you know, I'll tell you about my story if you'll lend me to your story. And so I guess through just being yourself and being open and, uh, you know, taking on the social challenges and not being fearful and being flexible. And I think, that's really important, being flexible to new experiences and to the new surrounding is what really helped me sort of uh, mold myself and meld myself into uh, this new community that I found myself in. Well, it sounds like um, from everything that I've heard that you, you really have started to uh, adapt and, and, to, and to connect with other people. So how would you say, though, that your background, you know, as a military kid helped you with these efforts and overcoming your challenges of, of loneliness and, and connecting um, with your new community? So definitely I would say that a military brat or a military child is really 
described or uh, you know is a real a real characteristic of a military brat is that we are really adaptive and flexible um, through all the moving through um, all the different environments or different overseas trips or whether it just be the fact that you are a military kid and that you have to sort of experience a little bit of a different lifestyle than most Americans that resiliency that adaptation that ability to be flexible in any environment to make new friends and to be respectful to the community, be a member of the community, really does lend itself to being um, a good feature when you do go, do go to college because it is a different environment, it is a different community, and many of the people don't share the similar background that you do. Most people don't know what a commissary or PX is, but instead you sort of become one with the community and you don't change who you are to sort of um, be different in this community, but instead you sort of add your culture to it and then diversify and make the culture in that particular college or in your college um, just a little bit more uh, diverse and rich. Absolutely. Now, did you happen to find, um, say, a support system there in Scranton that you sort of, you know, that you relied upon? I mean, knowing that your parents were overseas and extended family was overseas, I mean, that definitely has to be one of the challenges is not only making connections with your new community, but you no longer necessarily have a support system readily available. So, you know, how did you, did you get a new support system? How did you utilize the current one you had? How did that, what did that look like? Well, one thing I, uh, um, you know, social media does a good job about is that you do keep in contact with family and friends. And um, at the start, it was hard to make new friends. Um, I think with any good friendship, it takes time. And uh, you know, when you're in college and you're studying so studiously, um, you tend to sort of drift away from the social aspect a lot of times, and then you find yourself sort of lost in the whole studies and books. So I think for me, it was important for me to keep in contact with my family and with my friends overseas. But then to eventually say to myself and really uh, go out of my comfort zone, be resilient and you know be flexible and participate in the events that were hosted at the University of Scranton. So every weekend they have you know Saturday nights where you can go and you know they'll have different events from bowling to they'll make haunted houses to they'll have a carnival set up and just going out there and participating in the events even if you didn't know anybody and just meeting new people and eventually through just engagement and going to classes and talking to people and being okay to be a bit weird and awkward and uh, and really flexible and adaptive to the new situation you get to meet people and, sound, and eventually I found a good group of friends and uh, I, I enjoy hanging out them with and uh, we're still friends to this day we're gonna actually uh, move into an apartment next semester because um, I guess it just all worked out in my favor well, I, I have to tell you, it sounds like all your experiences definitely probably helped you when you started volunteering at the, uh, the mentors program that we mentioned in your bio. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the Scranton mentors program? Uh, yes, ma'am. So uh, we actually abbreviate it as SMART typically, and the SMART program is this wonderful, wonderful program that I discovered my freshman year. Um, we're in uh, university uh, students like me. We um, are affiliated and connected to the local high schools in the area. So there are two. Um, there's the Scranton High School and then there's West High School. And what we do is uh, we invite a group of around 30 students to come to the university and then we sort of give these almost webinars, you could say, just I guess in, per in person, so I guess presentations, to these students about a wide variety of topics from bullying to uh, personal hygiene to personal wellness to 
how to make friends, good communication versus poor communication, receptive conversation versus ineffective conversation. And the primary goal of the mentorship program isn't to, you know, lecture these uh, high schoolers because I don't think any high schooler likes to be lectured nowadays, but instead to uh, be sort of a support system for them, to uh, sort of bring them into college a little bit and let them see a little bit of the college lifestyle and to be sort of a mentor that they've either never had in their life or that they've never really experienced throughout their life and just to sort of be their ground for them, for them to really look on to and to really look up to and to sort of uh, take on challenges with us and sort of grow as individuals as well. And I guess personally for me, it really helps me to um, see the world in different eyes, you know, instead of being a student I get to sort of be a teacher and I get to um, be there for the fellow students and I get to see how they grow and how they mature and how they really uh, develop their characters and uh, I guess one of my favorite lines from most of them is when they finally do decide that they do want to come to the university and that they especially want to come to the University of Scranton and they just want to study and they want to keep growing and keep developing as individuals and it really uh, makes my heart smile. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it sounds like a wonderful program, um, and I'm really impressed that you've gotten involved with the, this organization, SMART. So, and speaking of high schoolers, I have a high school junior who's now just starting to look at colleges, and that's a little bit of an intimidating uh, endeavor for us right now. So I'm, I'm curious, what advice would you give him and to our other military-connected kids that are looking at uh, college ahead, you know, coming up in the next couple of years? <laughs> I, I remember so vividly being in that same position. It, it is really terrifying, and by no means should it be sort of um, diminished how, how scary it can be trying to go to college. I mean, uh, that independence that you're going to sort of be hit with and that whole traveling and trying to find yourself and also study and do well in, your, in school and the fact that you're paying for it all, the financial difficulties. But... I guess in regards to preparation for college, it's important to, you know, slowly start to experience life for itself, you know, go to different events, uh, try different things out, do things that you never thought you would do, and really just really immerse yourself in the community that you are in now, and get used to being on your own, and get used to experiencing new things for yourself, but also get used to interacting with people who you never thought you'd talk to, because I think one of my greatest I guess strengths is that, you know, I got comfortable pretty quickly with just talking to strangers and uh, just being myself and trying to positive and respectful to all people. And I think it's important skill, a social skill that students should uh, begin to start to develop and start to learn at such a young age to then improve on and work on throughout college because in the adult world, you know, it's such a special skill to have. In regards to high school and everything, AP classes are a must. You should and you have to take AP classes. That is something that I do not regret, and that is something that has helped me so much in high uh, in college. Um, I took uh, approximately five APs, and the University of Scranton gave me all the credits for my AP classes, and I'll be able to graduate an entire semester earlier because of it, and it saves me a ton of money. And this money can then go towards my uh, DBT, so my doctorate of physical therapy, and into my grad years. And it helps so much if to take APs and doing well in APs too, not just taking the courses, but you know, doing well in the APs and really focusing and taking your time to do it. When you're looking for a college, I think it's important to not get so caught up in the name brands. Um, so Harvard, Yale, and Stanford—they're all wonderful schools, and I have nothing to say against them. But 
I chose the University of Scranton not because it is such a big name brand, but because of the message and sort of the program that they do offer for me. And I think what's important to know is that it's, you know, the most important name on when you get your diploma and everything isn't the name of the college, but it's your name that's on it. Because that's the one that you're going to be showing to your grad schools or to your future jobs and your employees and everything. And most lawyers nowadays, certainly they look at the college you went to, but it's more important what, how you did at, school, at the school and how, what your education did for you and how you progressed through your education and whatnot. I also think that's important when you're at college to make the most of it, whether it is at Harvard or at uh, you know a school that isn't so well known, because it is your education in the end, because you are paying for it, but it's also your chance to grow as an individual and to really follow your gut and just do what your heart desires and whatnot. Well, I, I guess think that's great. Great advice. Yes, absolutely. I'm just making notes. I love that you said, you know, to immerse your, to kind of put yourself into your new community, to invest in it, to experience life, try new things, be open to uh, engaging with others that are different from you because that's how you grow as an individual. And I love the advice that you said about, of course, about the AP classes, but also how you just said about the diploma, you know, the diploma is not necessarily the university or the college that you attend on it, but that it's you, that your name is on it. And I think that's great advice for kids that are starting to look at school to look past the, the reputation, the name, and really see what fits them as a student. And I mean, these are things that I really struggled with because when I was looking at school, I really, really wanted to go to a bunch of name brand schools. But for one, they're very, very expensive and it's hard to get into them. And it shouldn't be a deterring factor to, you know, to go after these schools and everything. But understanding that what you might major in might not be the specialty of that school. But for instance, the University of Scranton has one of the best and most competitive and uh, DPT programs that the, you know, America has to offer. And if I want to be the best DPT that I can be, then I should be following the program that, you know, will make me the best DPT that I can. Um, uh, I also think you know that uh, it helps to be a military kid as well, um, especially on your applications. You should always try and relate your military background because uh, I believe that colleges love to hear it um, about your resiliency, your flexibility, your ability to adapt. And I'm pretty convinced that uh, the University of Scranton, uh, part of the reason why they took me certainly was because of my GPA and my uh, ACT, SAT scores and my AP scores and they're all important but it's more about your character and your social ability and the fact that you know I grew up in a military background that I have that different background that I am a military kid and that I you know volunteer that I invested my time in the community that I try to make a difference and I think that's important for all military kids to really embrace that aspect and to be confident in who you are in your background because it's nothing to be ashamed of in the end it's something to really admire and to really respect Absolutely. I could not agree any more than what you just said. I think very wise words from a very young man. And I do want to let our listeners know because I'm so proud. So, so Stefan, you know, graduated from a Dodia high school in Europe and he went to the U.S. and he, you know, and so you now have a new opportunity that you had shared with me offline that I would love for you to share with our, our listeners. You had mentioned, so from the starting point to where you are now, you're having a chance to, to go to Australia, is that right, through school? Yes, yes, ma'am. So uh, my school uh, has a wonderful, wonderful study abroad uh, program, and kids can travel from 
the likes of Germany to Portugal to Brazil and on that list happens to be Australia and uh, part of my uh, major exercise science kinesiology part of the program allows kids to study abroad around their junior year and they have classes you can take over in Australia and I don't know what inclined me or what spoke to me, but I started to say to myself, I really want to head to Australia. And so through the school and then through some efforts of my own, I'm currently filling out all the applications and the paperwork, and I'm getting my visa right now, and I'm actually going to be studying abroad um, this coming, uh, well, this next fall semester in Australia, you know, just to continue on my track uh, of becoming a DPT, but at the same time to, you know, enjoy life for what it is and to travel and to explore a world that's, you know, really, really different from what I've ever seen. Absolutely, Stefan. I think that's just amazing that you're having this opportunity and it really speaks to who you are as a person and how you've grown um, from high school now into your sophomore year of, of school. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today and sharing your experience with our listeners. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I've had a pleasure. <laughs> well, and we want to wish you the best of luck as you continue on with college and with Australia. So, and thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you'd like to hear more about. So have a great day and thanks again. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.